for the first time uh, in human history, there are now 8 billion people on Earth. 8 billion people who like to consume and buy stuff. And one of the main promises of contemporary life, of course, is that you will always be able to buy more and better stuff. Typically, humans gain immense happiness and probably satisfaction from excessive consumerism, even though it uh, can be personally and environmentally disastrous at times. Well, our next guest tackles the subject with humor and precision. Paul Burton is the author of a new book called Shopomania, Our Obsession with possession. The book provides insights into why we shop and the relentless pressure on us to shop even more. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Good to be here. Uh, What inspired you to write this book? Oh, you know, I grew up in a big family with a lot of stuff and uh, uh, it was a warm and welcoming and well-lived-in house, but I wondered whether there'd be room for enough of us after a certain point, I guess. (laughs) Uh, How did you, in regards to your research for the book, uh, is it something where you started on day one, say, look, I'm going to write this book, and you begin the process, or was this something that was building in you over many, many years to to sort of already have something fleshed out before you decided, look, I'm going to put pen to paper or start typing, I guess? No, it it grew out of many years of, of... uh, observing uh, how and why and where we shop and and really the 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 movement of goods from um, uh, their brand new state to their uh, their uh, the state where we throw them out uh, whether that's years later or just uh, weeks or months. Mm-hmm. You know, some people would say uh, many many years ago we would buy something. Uh, and get it repaired or fixed, uh, or there would be hand-me-downs. But we have moved to a society that every where there seems to be a quick fix, uh, uh, get rid of it, buy something new. Where do you think our obsession with possession, as your book says, comes from? Well, I think part of it, uh, certainly in a modern world, comes just from the media and, and advertising. I mean, uh, I have a pair of shoes that are that my mother bought me 40 years ago you know and they're still perfectly good but uh over the years they've come in and out of fashion and i think that we are convinced by uh as they say the media or commercials magazines youtube to follow the the latest trend and 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 you know replace perfectly good things with ones that look different and um you know whether it's fashion and clothing or whether it's fashion and kitchen appliances. It, it's all the same. There's a, a, an a ever-present pressure to replace things to keep up with the Joneses or the or the Kardashians, as it may be. Mm-hmm. Well, you have many uh, uh, terms you use in the book: down shop, crypto shop, uh, teleshop. Specific to teleshop and crypto shop, uh, do you think things are getting worse uh, in regards to a consumer society? What I mean by that is just that now. With the ability, a click of a mouse, you can order something from Amazon or many other websites and have something delivered to your house so quickly. Is this actually a problem that is getting worse, or do you think there is an opportunity uh, for us to really look at how we consume things, why we consume things? Well, I think that there is. Um, I think that it's become much easier to consume in a in a world where you can just click a mouse and have it delivered to your door in like 24 hours. I mean, it's it's amazing, incredible, and wonderful. 
Um, at the same time, it's a little more difficult to return that item, uh, as most of us have found. And for me, you know, I, I, I'm used to going to a store and looking at something and, uh, and, and leaving it there on the, on the table. And then if I still want it in a few days, I come back and, and then I'll buy it. But you don't really have that opportunity uh, online. And, and we're under a certain amount of pressure for whatever reasons to buy this. And then and we get it to our, our, our houses and try it on or see what it is and then realize, hey, I don't really want this. And I think that's, that's a huge, huge problem. And there's, there's more and more stuff finding its way into our closets and basements and garages than, uh, than it did in our parents' generation, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking at another term that you had, shop therapy, would be uh, shopping to basically uh, alleviate depression. And I think that one really uh, resonated for me. If your back hurts, we need, need, we need a new mattress. Uh, if you're depressed, let's go to the mall. Um, you know, I've lost weight, I need a new wardrobe. Uh, my neck hurts, we need new pillows. Uh, there seems to be a consumer response to many of our core challenges as, as individuals and as human beings. Um, is, is this a commentary? You, you've sort of touched on this uh, when we first began our chat. It really does speak to how deep and per- pervasive marketing really is and how um, we fall for a lot of this stuff. I, and, and, and I've often asked myself, why are they always so good at it? Why do they, what, is it the research that they do? But, but, you know, it really is. We have a consumer response to some of these things. When, and, and I'm guilty of it. And, and when I talk to my spouse, you know, we often talk about, oh, my neck hurts. I got to get a new pillow, as you use as an example. We've, I've heard that in my house. And I'm just wondering, yeah. why do you think it's so pervasive? Why are they so good at it? Well, because they've been at it for 2,000 years. And, yeah. and, you know, uh, they get better at it every year. And there are lots of stories in the books about some of the um, great victories of, of, of industry and retailing that have convinced us to buy things that, uh, that we never wanted in the first place. And, and, you know, as I say, there are lots of stories. But what they know that, that maybe we don't is that we actually, we actually want stuff. You know, this has been going. This goes back to hunting and gathering when we first noticed the first shiny rock and said, "Hey, look at that! It's what makes us human. We we simply like stuff." And so they're capitalizing on that really um, ingrained desire, instinct to to collect stuff like like really no other animal ever does. And mm-hmm. it, it there as I say, there are some hilarious examples of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd highly recommend the book. It's it really does cut through the nonsense. And I, when I was reading it, uh, first of all, you look at your own uh, consumption patterns. But uh, prior to uh, working here, I spent many most of my career in television, and uh, I was based in India for Global National as their bureau chief there. Then to China. And I was thinking uh, in, in both of those older civilizations, but yet uh, huge economies that are growing, and you've got this entire new middle class either entered uh, the middle class or wanting to enter the middle class. And you can actually see this new consumption, new money, basically going through the same things we have done so for many decades. Um, but in those cases, of course, both countries representing 40% of humanity. In, in many ways, uh, you know, I would argue we can't ha- afford to have Chinese and Indian consumers consume like we do in the West. Uh, 
do you see an, uh, something positive coming out of this? Do you think there is a global or better understanding that, look, we do have to get a better grasp of our own consumption patterns if we are to help the world in an era of climate change, in an era of waste, that we actually have to, the real change actually comes from within? I do think that we have to set an example. And it can't be just us saying, hey, we've had our fun. Now you guys can't have the fun either. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in uh, China and India, for that matter, 40 years ago, they were all on bicycles. I said, oh, my, even then I said, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen when everyone gets a car? But, but I, I think that what we really need to do is find, out, find a way of making the, the path from product to trash more cyclical rather than linear. And, and this is really, you know, although it's a, a, a silly book sometimes and there are a lot of funny stories about consumerism, it's really a serious book about, okay, what are we doing all, with all this stuff when we're finished with it, which is <laughs> increasingly measured in weeks rather than months or years. And, and I think that's the responsibility that, that uh, lies upon us to say, okay, shopping, we, we need shopping, we have to have shopping, and shopping's good for all kinds of things, including the economy. But what are we what are we going to do about the planet itself? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Paul, uh, I've really enjoyed the book. Uh, it is good reading, and yes, it is a serious topic, but it's also fun to read as well, uh, with many uh, humorous anecdotes and and uh, different titles and different uh, different ways we consume. I really want to thank you for your time today, and I highly recommend uh, our listeners certainly pick it up. It's called Shopomania: Our Obsession with Possession, and our guest was Paul Burton. Paul, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.